This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never Podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Nay Never Podcast. I am here to oversee proceedings, your regular host, Natalie Bromley. But joining me as ever is the headliner of the preview show, the main man himself, Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, hello, hello. Hello, Natalie, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. The end of a very chaotic week. <laughs> it's been another one. All sorts has happened since we last spoke. No, no, it's been uh it's been a it's been a roller coaster as the last ten days or so been a claret, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, two well, uh, two two fantastic back to back one nil wins, and uh, yeah, that that's really put a different reflection on things, um, and yeah. got us dreaming about Europe again, possibly. Who knows? Well, that's what I was going to ask you straight off the bat with this one. I was going to start this week's podcast by saying, Dave, how are you feeling about Europe? Like, can we do it? And if so, are you excited by that? Um. It's possible, yes. Anything, anything's possible. We're we're up there. I think the, the the main difficulty is going to be, as we know, the squad depth, and we've got um, injuries again. Jack Cork's looking like a, a doubt for the weekend, so uh, we can't, can't go on forever. We've got six games to go, and we've got very few uh, options from the bench. And it's going to get to the point where you know, are we going to be able to put out a a, a proper starting eleven, or are we going to end up with you know three or four subs on the bench? It's getting a little bit dicey. Unless we get a couple of players back, I think there are possibilities of uh, maybe one coming back. I think uh, Johan Berg Goodmanson's a, a possibility, but um, whether he'd want to go straight into the starting lineup, I don't know. So we, we do have difficulties in that area, don't we? We do, and I I do worry that. Poor JBG. I love him. He's one of my favourite players, but he is made of glass, essentially. And I do worry that if we put him in, he's just going to get injured again after 10 minutes. So it's a bit of a worry. But yeah, you're right. We have started to see players players come back. So, um, But you know what? I, I, can't, I can't with any credibility speak to people and say, oh, you know, it's going to be a tough weekend because we've got injuries. When those teams that we had to put out against Watford and Palace, and particularly that last half an hour against Palace, still put on a fantastic performance. Dave, one of the things I said in the main show this week, and I stand by this, was I was really down in the dumps after the City game, but to see our Burnley players um, playing 
with the heart and soul that they did, but also with the technical excellence they did with pretty much seven main players out of the equation. Just It was a bit of a reality check for me, and, and I think sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit for just how good a side we are. Well, you said the last half hour, but the, the first half, we uh, we passed it around really well, I thought. I thought we played really, really well in the first half and didn't get the goal that maybe uh, that player merited. But yeah, once we'd gone in front as well, we uh, defended resolutely, as we know we can. And uh, they were two maybe typical Burnley wins, weren't they? They weren't... Uh, particularly pretty for the neutral observer, but I thought we, we did really, really well with the resources we had and uh, to get six points out of those two games, one home and one away, we were uh, delighted. Yeah, we were. Um, and of course, we, we've got a, another game to look at this weekend, which is kind of destroying because uh, obviously Sheffield United's fantastic result um, this week. Suddenly, yeah, oh great, they found some form just before we played them. But of course, we're going to come on to in this preview show looking at Sheffield United at home on, on Sunday. Um, before we get on to looking at the game then, Dave, I think we need to get into our usual business. And shall we start by... What should we start by doing? A quiz? I think we had a quick question, didn't we? Yes, we, we did, did, of course. So when we, I was trying to think then whether we did the preview show before Watford or Palace, and this is very indicative of just the whole blur of lockdown and project restart. But I don't know what day it is. I don't know what day it is. Whether I'm supposed to be in work or not in work. Whether I can leave the house or I can't leave the house. And when we last did a show. So yes, it was before our Crystal Palace preview show, and you asked our listeners who was the last Burnley player to fail to convert a penalty in an away Premier League. Dave, reveal, reveal. Yes, the correct answer was Scott Arfield. Uh, That was back in September 2014. Uh, Spot kick was awarded in the 85th minute, late in the game. It was nil-nil at the time. Uh, And Palace keeper Julian Speroni got down to save it, um, kept the score at nil-nil, and it stayed that way. Excellent. I did not get this. You didn't. Usually when no. we do no, when we do the preview show, Dave, um, as soon as we go off air and we stop recording, um, I always the first order of business is for me to, to guess the quiz question. And or not well, as the case credit, maybe. Or, yeah, or as, as the normal <laughs> case maybe. Um, but to be fair, I did get the right team. You I were did, in the I right did, era, yes. Yes. Yes, I, I figured out I got my logic right and I figured out that it must have been that twenty fourteen team. But I of course guessed it, um Danny Ings, um, and then I couldn't. Then I drew a loss when I drew Danny Ings because I, I presumed it would be him being a regular penalty taker. I knew then at the time that, that was around the time when Big Sam had a lot of injuries, and I couldn't for the life of me remember who. And I think did I guess Matty Taylor at one point? I you were fishing was, for strikers, uh, and then you went for Matty Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> So I think Matty Taylor missed the, the Leicester penalty, didn't he? So I think he that's did, why I was yes. thinking maybe yes. But yes, uh, Scott Arfield. So um, we, we had a lot of correct answers this week, Dave. We had quite a few. Uh, Peter Jones was in touch with the correct answer. Um, Paul Somerville and Kevin Tootle on Twitter. Also John Robertson and a few of our no-name never team in the group chat knew it as well. They did. There was a lot of people. Well, we're going to have another quiz question for you, which we will, of course, leave with you to the odd to to towards the end of this preview show. Do you know what I need to do, Dave? I put your teeth to in. Learn how to put my teeth in, but I also need to speak slower. I think I'm often tripping over my words, and I think a lot of it is because I speak at five hundred miles an hour. So I'm gonna. That's going to be what I'm going to work on for next season. Speak really slowly, and then all of our podcasts will be five hours long <laughs> um <laughs> moving on opposition stats 
So we are, of course, going to preview this weekend's game, which is Sheffield United at home, albeit an empty home. Um, always very strange to watch Turf Moor without all of us in there. And always makes me a little bit sad that we're all not in the crowds cheering. But we will do at some point. We'll go back. The game's been played on Sunday, the 5th of July at 12 noon, listeners. It is live on Sky Sports, Sky One and Sky Pick, but it's at 12 noon. So make sure you don't miss it. Now, Dave. What on earth has happened since we last met? Well, yes, our last meeting uh, against Sheffield United was uh, a very wet and a rather disappointing afternoon. Um, ended in defeat by a 3-0 scoreline when we visited Bramall Lane for the reverse fixture. And that was back at the start of November. Uh, this result left Burnley in 14th place. We had 12 points and it lifted Sheffield United up to 6th. We played 11 games at the time. And until the start of March, Sheffield United, uh, they maintained the momentum. They built on some strong defensive performances, but started back after the mid-season break, if we can call it that. We've had two mid-season breaks, haven't we? Um, with just one point in the first three games. They, they drew against Aston Villa when perhaps they should have won. There was a ghost goal that wasn't uh, given when it went over the line and the technology wasn't uh, up to it. Um, but uh, Burnley have had, as we know, we just said before, back-to-back wins and we leapfrog the Blades in the table at the start of this week. But they've gone back above us. They uh, won 3-1 against Spurs and that's now put them back two points above us. Uh, interestingly, this will be the first league match played in the month of July for both clubs. Oh, that's a good start. Um, so looking on, on the actual pitch itself and the games, what's been Burnley's heaviest defeat? Uh, well, we've had two times, actually, where Sheffield United have come to Turf Moor and won by a margin of three goals, uh, but they were quite a way back in time. They were both back in the 1920s. Uh, they managed a 4-1 win against us in 1923, and that included a hat-trick from Harry Johnson, and they also had a 5-2 win in 1927. Uh, and that game also had a hat-trick, and that was from a player called Jimmy Shankly. And it's perhaps not too surprising to discover that he was an older brother of legendary Liverpool manager Bill Shankly. Uh, both of these were wins in first division matches. Excellent. Well, on better news, what was Burnley's biggest win then? Uh, well, we've got a, a big, big win against Sheffield United. We do again have to go back to the 1920s for it, uh, and that was back in the 1920-21 season. Uh, we won 6-0 at Turf Moor, and that was a match which took place on Christmas Day, uh, 1920. Uh, Joe Anderson gave the Burnley fans a Christmas present to remember. He scored four of the goals, and Bob Kelly and Benny Cross chipped in on the score sheet with the other two goals. Um, that was the middle of Burnley's record-breaking 30-match unbeaten run in the league that season, uh, which ended, of course, with us winning the league title, um, and that came back to Turf Moor for the first of two occasions. The other one, of course, being in 1959-60. Excellent. Um, what about being more specific then? What, what, what was Burnley's last win at home to Sheffield United? Uh, well, we've got to go back a little while for that, but that is, uh, it's a while since we've faced them at Turf Moor. They've, they've been down the divisions. We obviously beat them in the uh, playoff final. I think we played them uh, the following season, which is 1910-11. Uh, uh, that was actually on uh, New Year's Day 2011, which was the last time we, we won. Uh, on that occasion, Burnley won 4-2. Uh, Chris Eagles, Chris Awellamo, Jay Rodriguez and Steve Thompson were the goal scorers. Uh, and that match took place just a couple of weeks after Burnley had parted company with manager Brian Laws. And it was Stuart Gray who was in caretaker charge just before the appointment of Eddie Howe. 
God, that feels like a lifetime ago now, does that, doesn't it? Well, it's nearly a decade, yeah. It's getting on for 10 years, nearly. Yeah. Long time. Well, of course, there's no nothing to report from last season as, as Sheffield United were still in the Championship last season. So why don't we move straight on to the head-to-head stats then, please, Dave? Yeah, well, our match history against uh, our next opponents, it stretches all the way back to the 1890s. Um, our overall home record against Sheffield United stands at played 59. Uh, we've won 34 of those drawn 12 and lost 13. That gives us a win percent of 57.6%. And if you remember from uh, previous shows, for home games, our average is round about 50%. So 57.6 is a little bit better than average. Um, And when we look at top flight matches only, it's slightly better. Uh, There have been 34 of those at Turf Moor. Burnley have won 20, drawn 7 and lost 7, giving us a win percentage of 58.8%. And this game uh, on Sunday will be Burnley's first home Premier League game against the Blades, um, as last time we played each other in the top flight was way back in the 1970s. And just one other stat to add at this point is that the first ever time a Burnley match was shown live on colour TV in the UK. Can you guess what year that might have been? Uh, No. Well, it was against... No, no, not on colour TV. Um, It was against Sheffield United. It was a game that was covered by ITV, and it was a 4-2 home win in November 1994. And it was just the seventh time... Yes, it was just the seventh time we've been selected for live TV coverage. All the previous occasions in the 1940s, there was just once the FA Cup final, we got beaten in 1947, um, and then also in the 1950s and 60s, had all been black and white. In those days, going back to relatively recently, we didn't have much uh, football on TV. It was just the FA Cup final and you didn't get many other games. Uh, And so Burnley's first ever uh, game was this one against uh, Sheffield United in 1994. And what's even better than that, and I should dig out a clip of it, I've actually uh, tweeted this out. So have a look for that or maybe we'll retweet it from the main account as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Steve Steve Davis won Man of the Match and it goes over at the end of the game and... um, it's um, uh, what's his? Rob McCaffrey was the name of the um, uh, interviewer speaking to uh, Steve Davis at the end of the game. And what did he say when he uh, when he was interviewing him? Got it mixed up, and he came out with the uh, the Burnsley. Oh come on! Is it no. really goes yep. back that far? It goes back. I that thought far, it yeah. was just modern ignorance with this Burnsley, Barnsley, Barnley, whatever it is, and that's oh. That's ridiculous. Oh, well. Jade, I've got to say, you are the absolute king of stats. I don't know where you find this information from, but every now and again, you get an absolute perler, and that black and white colour TV one is fantastic. I don't know where you get your information from, but I approve. Um, okay, so let's let's turn away now to, to the, week, the game at the weekend. Who's going to be the man in the middle? Who's got the job of referee in the game, please? Uh, we've got Peter Banks. He's going to take charge at Turf Moor on Sunday, and he's refereed just three previous Burnley matches. Uh, we've had one win, one draw, and a defeat so far in those three games. Uh, the most recent occasion he was in charge was um, his only Premier League game involving the Clarets, and that was our home defeat to Crystal Palace back in November. Uh, Stuart Atwell will be the video assistant referee on Sunday, whose job it will be to look into forearm smashes to the face and then totally ignore them. <laughs> Absolutely. Celebrity fans. And then finally, before we we move on, what is now my absolute favourite section um, in the second half of the season? Who are Chef United's celebrity fans? 
Well, we've picked out the names of just seven of Sheffield United's famous fans uh, to mention this week. We've got, drum roll, actor, <laughs> actor Sean Bean, who once played the role of a Sheffield United player in the film When Saturday Comes. Uh, boxer Kel Brook, who has also staged one of his world championship bouts at Bramall Lane. Uh, England captain, England cricket captain, Joe Root. Uh, Mark Labbitt, I think that's how you pronounce it. He's better known as The Beast from the TV quiz show The Chase. Uh, athlete Dame Jessica Ennis-Hill, who was an Olympic gold medalist in the heptathlon in 2012 and is also a three-time world champion in the event. Uh, Michael Balzari, who may be better known to listeners as bass guitarist Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And finally, Argentinian footballer, Juan Sebastian Veron. He never played for Sheffield United, but his uncle, Pedro Verde, did in the late 1970s and early 1980s. And after one or two wow. sketchy selections for some of our opponents this season, I think you'll agree that uh, the, the Blades' famous fans are a much more impressive group this time around. I was just going to say that. I think the the, the Veron stat is it's probably the best one. He must be our most famous one that we've, we've come across. Or maybe apart from the, the like, Queen, like the Queen, not the Queen, was it? Prince Charles was one, wasn't he? The Queen doesn't like football. But apart from royalty, he's got to be one of the best ones we've had up there. But the only problem is whenever whenever I tweet out the fact and uh, and, and link the names in, no one ever gets back. Although Mylene Class did. Mylene Class liked liked the tweet when I uh, put that out. Oh, very good. Well done. Um, I think as well, maybe Sean Bean is probably now more, more known much more for being Ned Stark than I'd completely forgotten that he did when Saturday comes. In fact, to be honest, I've can't, there's only two movies now that I think about when I think of um, of Ned Stark. And obviously, there's Game of Thrones, not a movie, Game of Thrones, and also the um, oh, what are they called the Disney movies. Oh, my my name is completely gone. The the Treasure Hunter that's got Nick Cage in it, Treasure something or other. You've got kids, Dave. You must know this movie. He With who in it? Uh, Nick Cage plays the main guy and Diane Krug. National Treasure. Way Well done. That, that, do you know what? That was riveting listening for our listeners. I'm sorry, guys. I, I got off on one then. Um, but yeah, no, you, you're quite right. And uh, if we could get a, if we could get a, 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 a like or a retweet or a response from Sean Bean or Juan Sebastian Veron, that would be uh, that would be awesome. We'll um, try. Now, Dave, we will try. I know you will try. Statman Dave's stat of the week. Now, obviously, we've hit that part of the of the preview show where I know you're not done. Because I know you have some little treats for us up that sleeve of yours. So why don't you delve right into the bank of Dave and give us your miscellaneous stat of the week. Right, we've already had a few stats this week, but I've uh, gone slightly differently, gone left field for uh, this week's stat of the Ooh, week. And I just like. for a, just for a change, it isn't related to this week's opponents directly, but it's related to one of Burnley's current players and his achievements over the last three years since breaking into the side. It's been widely mentioned that Nick Pope has already kept 13 clean sheets in the Premier League so far this season for Burnley, following back-to-back shutouts against Watford and Crystal Palace. But I've taken a closer look to compare his overall clean sheet performance with one of his predecessors, Tom Heaton. So, the clean sheet at Crystal Palace was Nick Pope's 24th in just 66 Premier League starts. That's better than one every three games. 
And remarkably, this now equals the number of Premier League clean sheets for Burnley by Tom Heaton. They both now have exactly 24 each. But the former skipper's clean sheets were achieved in 96 starts, or one clean sheet every four games. There was, of course, one additional clean sheet in the match Tom Heaton was injured and Nick Pope replaced him to make his Premier League debut. But as neither goalkeeper played the full 90 minutes, the clean sheet isn't credited to either of them. They don't count it from the point of view of um, Premier League stats. But it will be interesting to compare and contrast two quality English goalkeepers on Sunday with Sheffield United's Dean Henderson, who's on loan from Manchester United, and our very own Nick Pope, who will both be looking to further their ambitions for the England goalkeeper's position. Absolutely. And of course, Nick Pope's very much on for the Golden Glove this season, Dave. Well, yeah, again, with uh, Liverpool conceding four, so there's no no clean sheet for Alisson. And also, although Sheffield United won, they did concede a late goal. Um, so there's no clean sheet there either. So, yeah, six games to go and uh, all to play for for the Golden Glove. Yeah, I hope so. I don't really understand this this sudden surge in calls for Dean Henderson to be the England manager. Um, Jordan Pickford is under fire. I don't think there's anybody who would disagree with that. I don't think anyone's asking for him to be the manager. What did I say, manager? No. Keeper! <laughs> Number one jersey. See, uh, we should start doing like a, a treasure hunt through the preview show. And that should be the quiz. Deliberate mistakes. Deliberate, deli- deliberate in quotation yeah, deliberate ones. Yeah. I can think of a few of our regular listeners straight away who will be on that tweet within five minutes of, of the previous show coming out like, yes, Natalie, on the 19th minute you said the word. I'll be like, okay, okay, I know. Uh, England's goalkeeper. And it's we seem to we seem to have to deal with this. Um, nobody's really questioning the fact that, that Pickford's under pressure, but instead of going to the, the, the natural number two, i.e. Nick Pope, there's now calls for us to completely skip the number two jersey and go straight to the number three choice of Dean Henderson. And this, I think, in our group chat, the the non and never team said the same thing. When um, when they were looking at dropping Joe Hart, I think Tom Heaton didn't get a look in and we went straight to Pickford, who at the time was probably third or some combination of that. And I just, it, it is, it's just this big, big club bias and this snobbery it's just because Henderson came from United on loan from United suddenly he's being called spinning but you know you've got Nick Pope who's a classic keeper and he's going to get the golden glove why is why is he not number one it, oh drives me mad um so how are you feeling about Sunday's match Dave um it's kind of annoying isn't it that um Sheffield United have found a little bit of form going into the game um I think I I was saying on the short the the, the main show that um if you could put together a table of teams who are more more affected by the lockdown I would I would put a very strong argument for putting Sheffield United at the top of that on the grounds that um, the momentum that was killed completely so like they were riding high in the season and just that break has killed their momentum but they seem to definitely have found their form back again yeah, it was a good win for them against uh, maybe an out of sorts Tottenham, but it was uh, a good three points. You could argue they, they they should really have had three points out the first game. They when they played uh, Aston Villa, they should really have won that game. Um, but True. yeah, the the two in between they they lost. They were looking out of sorts and conceding goals where uh, they weren't really conceding uh, prior to the, the the break. So yeah, they have struggled a little bit with maybe the momentum of it. Um, they've had one or two injuries. Uh, players missing as well, so it'll be uh, all hands on deck on on Sunday. I think it'll be a, a really good game, and I think it's. I mean, we, we had a really tough game. I, I was over at Bramall Lane when we played them there. I think it was one of our poorer performances of the season. They they came out and they uh, 
they, they, they deserve the win um, on the day, but Burnley were, were rather disappointing. So we'll be hoping to, to turn that around and uh, not let them get the double on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. And I think that is probably a very valid point, actually, that you know they should have won that first game back and maybe the, the rest of the games that they played would have been slightly different. But I thought they looked really impressive the other night against Spurs. I mean, Spurs have got all sorts of problems and I, I, Mourinho was the wrong appointment at Spurs. We all knew it when he got appointed and he's not proving himself this season. And did you see last night, Dave, that he, after that game, he came out and was whinging that there was too long a break between the two Spurs games? I'm like, you can't write that, can you? Mm-hmm. You literally can't I didn't hear that, that, but that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it didn't. You, you can because that, that's that's usually the sort of uh, excuse that gets trotted out. That's very true. That's that's very stereotypical Mourinho, isn't it? That's definitely a Mourinho um, jibe. Um, score prediction then? Um, I, I'm going to sit on the fence and predict a one-one draw. Ooh. Why is that? Why are you sitting on the fence? What do you not think? I, we can I, win? I, maybe it's. Uh, maybe it's one game too far for us in terms of the uh, the personnel we're missing. I think, uh, if, well, assuming Jack Cork's not going to be playing, we're going to have to make another change there as well. I mean, there's a possibility that you know maybe Jay can come back in and we can play. Um, Brownhill in in centre midfield and uh, JBG can play on the wing, but I think we we are struggling to put out a, a full strength. I mean, we, we struggled in previous games. I think we're struggling even more to the extent that maybe a draw would be a, a good result. Okay, uh, yeah, I buy that explanation. Actually, I was a bit like I just thought you'd been a bit worried and a bit cautious, but actually, the the the, the logic behind your decision is pretty sound. So I'll give you that one, Dave. Um, well, we're not going to have a fantasy Premier League to look at this week because um, we've had a very short window to turn around this week's preview show um, with the current game week being game week 32 still being in progress last night and us recording today. Um, so it's not going to make any sense for us to bring you a, a Premier League update right now. So we're going to do one next time, so next week. Um, but we obviously we're still keeping tabs on the changing situation. And it's getting very, very close now to the end of the season. We are going to be crowning the known and ever fantasy football league winner before long. And I am very, very Are we going to get them on the show? We are going to get them on the show, whoever wins, if they are Good. happy to come on. Uh we might also have I've been saying all season that there isn't a trophy, there's not a prize, but I'm still pretty sure we do have a little bit of known and ever merchandise available. I'm sure we've still got some stickers. So I might send them a sticker. How's that? That's not an incentive, is it? But, you know, it's it's a token. It's a beloved no-no-never sticker. You may have that one. Um, so, no no fantasy Premier League next week. However, um, I have, I have Dave, he made some changes to my team this week. Um, I, I've dropped again another spot, so I think I might be in the relegation zone now. Which is which is really bad. So I have actually been into my team and I've made I've made some changes. This is this is crazy. I mean, I still had I still had Leno <laughs> in goal. I had Pereira in defence. I still had Chris Wood up front. Excellent. Not took him out at any point in terms of restart. Um, and yeah, it's it's not going well. So I've, I've I've played with them bonus things. A bench boost. I don't know what that is. What's a bench boost? That's when all your oh. players from the bench, their scores count towards your score as well. Well, that's that's not great because all four players on my bench are all injured. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm going to cancel that bench boost. 
That might be a good idea, yeah. Yeah, just that, that's, that's going to be a bit of a waste. Okay, I'm just going to shut down the fantasy Premier League because that's a depressing thing that I'm looking at. So instead, let's move straight on to um, what we promised at the beginning of the show, this week's quiz question. Dave, off you go. Stackman Dave's quiz question. Yes, this week's quiz question goes back. We didn't uh, touch on it briefly when we were talking about the uh, past matches, and this goes back to Burnley and Sheffield United's last top-flight meeting at Turf Moor, uh, and that was back in the 1970s. So here is the question. Who was Burnley's manager the last time the Clarets played the Blades in a top-flight fixture at Turf Moor? It was an old First Division match, which Burnley won 3-1. Crikey, I have no idea. No idea. I was not watching Burnley in the 70s, which is a terrible... I always find that's a really terrible excuse. Like when you say something, like when someone says to you, oh, I wasn't alive then, it's like, yes, but it's it's history. You can read it. You don't, you, know, you don't have to only know about history from the day you were born, but I genuinely do not know this and I wouldn't even know where to guess. So let's put it to our listeners, Dave, and how do they get in touch with us with their answers? Yeah, the best way to contact us, they can either reply or send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at never. Uh, email us, uh, that's podcast at net. Or you can also reply on the post for this preview show, which will be going up on the No Near Never Facebook page. And we'll reveal the correct answer at the start of the next preview show, which will be ahead of the West Ham United game, which is away midweek, isn't it? Yes. Next week. Yeah, I'm going to say yes with, with conviction. Like I have any idea what day it is or what fixture we're on, of course. Um, Wednesday, isn't Wednesday. it? Wednesday, yes. Yeah, it is, Dave. It's Wednesday. It's definitely um well i'm just gonna start rolling then into my my fading out script and um well you've you've seen the script yeah i was just about to to, when i get to the end of of the bonus question i go into my other script you go into autopilot yeah i go into my my other script that tells me my uh, my intros and my endings for each of the podcasts and a, a box has flashed up at me that says bonus start what is this well, we've had stat of the week, but this is a, a bonus stat. Uh, Burnley's fixture against Sheffield United this weekend is the Clarets' 999th competitive first-team match of the 21st century. So to celebrate this milestone, the quiz questions for our next preview show, which just mentioned, uh, that'll be previewing our 1,000th 21st century match at West Ham United on Wednesday, will be looking back at this period in the club's history. So there won't just be one question, there might be... Oh, I don't know, three or four, or depending on how, oh. how uh, deep I delve. Excellent. That's exciting. That's going to be a good thing. I want to mm. make sure that we do that in advance and we uh, we get all the details tweeted so people can play along. That is, uh, that's going to be yes. an exciting preview show. I shall look forward to that. Um, well, that's all we've got time for this preview show. Uh, my thanks, as ever, go to the two key players in this uh, preview show. Number one, producer Matt. And hilariously, I have also noticed Dave has been messing around with my script and I have a massive in bold and red letters on the bottom of my script, producer Matt, because of course, I keep calling him producer Dave, which is not the way to get your hardworking and key member of the team on your side. So thank you, producer Matt, for editing this and getting it out on short notice. Um, but of course, just the always the main thanks for this show go to to uh, Dave Robert Statman. Dave, of course, my the headliner of this show who puts in a ridiculous amount of work for this show and it literally takes 100% of the credit for getting this out. It's uh, I love this. I love the previous show. I love doing it. And it's all because of him. So thank you, Dave. Um, 
Finally, thank you to you, the listener, for downloading and listening the preview show. Um, it's always a pleasure to try and entertain you, and we love being a little bit of a, a part of your match day routine. Um, we'll be back at some point next week with a main preview show, albeit we're not sure whether we're going to wait until after West Ham or do two together. So we're gonna we'll keep you updated on plans for the full show. Uh, but like I say, Dave and I will be back at some point before the West Ham show to um, have a very special edition for that uh, stats that. Dave mentioned. Um, hope you all stay safe. Hope you all enjoy the weekend. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.